Bismillah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I'm in the Maktabah and today I've got a important, very special guest, Ustad Ma'awiyah Taka, also Arabic courses and crypto hash review, everything to do with Bitcoin and stuff like that. So inshallah, we're going to be speaking about time at the Jami'ah as well as what you're doing now. Yeah. And inshallah, we've been on, we've done this a few times anyway, haven't we? So <laughs> a few times, yeah. Inshallah, hopefully it's going to be nice and relaxed. So just to begin, Ma'awitaka, who are you? Introduce yourself before you went to the Islamic University because your name, your Jumataka. Jum'a. Jumataka, we Yeah, Jum'a. Ta'ala Jum'a. That's what you said, you yeah. yeah, so I was Boy Friday. <laughs> if anyone has read the Robertson Crusoe book, it had Boy Friday in it. Anyway, so um, so I became Muslim in college. Yeah. I think it was 1998. 98, yeah. And uh, after college, I did some IT work. Before, actually, I should say, during college, I was studying to go towards physics scientist, maybe even astronaut, that was the idea. And maybe soon, I mean, Richard Branson's done it. And I think even Jeff Bezos went in space the other day. Yep. So there's still hope for us still. Yep. There's still hope for us still. So uh, that was my vision. And that was where I was heading until I became Muslim. And then everything changed. Um, I lost interest in computing. I lost interest in physics. And my interest just was on Tawheed, Sunnah, Salafiyah. And Islam, and learning. And Islam. Oh, Salafi is Islam. Islam. So, <laughs> so um, uh, and that was my main focus for a few years. Uh, applied to, I got some jobs, IT work, networking specifically, uh, and software installation, rollouts, that kind of stuff. And then I applied to Medina University. They came to the UK back in the days when they used to. Not doing anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, that was two weeks in Glasgow. All of us, we were there. Two weeks in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Glasgow. Yeah. That was a wicked two weeks, man. Um, I think the following year wasn't as good as our year. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. That was in Ahl Hadith Masjid, didn't it? Yeah. But the Hanafi Masjid, <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> and when that guy came in, like, it was, it was yeah, that careful guy. He looked, he looked at the Masjid and left Muslim. <laughs> you can never expect it to see that one, did Anyway, so, um, uh, and then after I went to Medina, uh, so I started studying. Wait, you've just jumped. Before you got to Medina, you were going towards Cambridge University. That's what the university Oxford. is. Oxford. So you're going to apply to Oxford. What was you going to do? What was your... Physics. Physics. Yeah. Physics Physics was, was my thing. It still yeah. is my thing. I'm still interested in, in physics. Um, I, I guess my interest is more in passing. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking after graduating to go back into, into physics. Uh, maybe finish some stuff up there and maybe write some stuff up. I take part in research. But then I thought to myself, after looking at the, 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 the life of a physician, not physician, physicist, it's, it's I think what I, I enjoy about physics is the result. Yeah. I don't think I would actually enjoy the hard work behind it. Yeah. Meaning the collecting of massive amounts of data, analyzing data, building models, trying to yeah. see your model fits the data, adjusting your model, that kind of stuff. That... That's the end result. I mean, that's the, that's, the, that's the journey. But when you're studying physics, you're essentially learning the results. Yeah. And that's what I was essentially involved in so, or, or interested in. Yeah. So that's why to this day, I still involve myself in studying, learning, keep up, keep, keeping up to date with what's going on in the physics world and mechanics and, and uh, engineering kind of stuff. But in terms of actually doing something with it, yeah. 
ain't got the time in it. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just really basically what it is. It's just, it just ain't got the time. And uh, as life has gone on, you start getting older and you start focusing more on business. So, yeah, I would love to do something physics related that generates money. But I think most physics, that's not, that's not yeah. necessarily the goal. We'll come to that, business, money and, and stuff like that shortly. So you got accepted to the Islamic University of Medina. Mm-hmm. And after becoming a Muslim, how yeah. old was you? I think 17, 18. Okay. I got married at 19. Yeah. So it must have been 17, 18. Well, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, actually, it was a September, yeah. which is my birthday. So yeah. I might have been actually literally both. Alhamdulillah. Baraka, married young. Family at the Jamia studying. Mm. Also, uh, so tell us about the Jamia experience. What what did you, what what faculties did you go to? Tell us about the Jamia. Let's talk about the Jamia. So Medina Uni, I did a few years in the Arabic Institute, learning the Arabic language as you have to do there, and then you choose your faculty. Yeah. Now everyone at the time was going towards the Faculty of Hadith, or most people. If they weren't really studious enough, whatever that mean, means, then they kind of went to da'wah. That was the, that was the only two options because only the hisbis go to sharia. Yeah. You know, they don't go sharia. Yeah. Um, but what's a hisbi? Uh, I mean, we're not talking about peaches, are we? <laughs> what it is, back in the day, especially in the early days, uh, there was a lot of I guess that's still is really. I don't know. I'm not sure that in other circles anymore. But there was a lot of tribalism. I call it tribalism because it was group mentality. People stuck with the group. Yeah. And um, a lot of the brothers wanted to be like Sheikh Albani, like Al-Muhaddithin. So they wanted to be, go to Hadith, which is nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong to aspire to be like someone in terms of Sheikh Albani, I guess. Um, but I think, I'm sure you know me long enough. I, I'm, I'm the contrarian, isn't it? I, I don't always go where everyone else goes. If someone's going that direction, I tend to say, but what's wrong with that one? Why can't yeah. I go the other route? So I looked at Sharia and uh, there was one science in Sharia which baffled me because I had no idea what it was or no was a name. Usul al-fiqh. Yeah. What, 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 what does that mean? I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't understand the concept. What, what do you mean usul al-fiqh? I know fiqh, this is halal, this is haram. What does usul mean? I think I attended a, a lesson in Waraqat, yeah. something like that. The time just to understand what the heck is usul al-fiqh, and it, and it fascinated me that essentially it fit with, uh, I guess you can say, my character, because usul al-fiqh is about using intellect to understand what's intended by the text. Yeah. Essentially, using your aql. Yeah. And if you look at someone who was literally his speciality was physics, which does a lot of philosophical debates and arguments and discussions and using your aql to figure out and solve problems that kind of fit to me. Yeah. So with hadith it was more about research. I mean it's not saying it doesn't mean you don't use aql, of course you use aql. Um, but um, it's more about trying to find something that's hidden as opposed to trying to understand something that's been expressed. Yeah. That makes sense. Hadith is there is it authentic? Is it not authentic? I have to look at the chain, look at other versions of the chain, look at the individual in the chain. Is the chain, chain connected? Are these, people rever- um, are these people in the chain reliable? Can I accept that? And what, what level of exception of that being? That's all good. But again, that's an issue of research. I'm literally, you can almost say, on the beach, looking for those special shells. Yeah. Whereas, 
the sort of fiqh is more like, now I have a shell, what kind of shell is it? What can I do with the shell? I mean, can I make a bridge out of it? Can I make paper out of it? Can I use it to filter water? What can I do, what can yeah. I do with this shell now that I have it? Mm. And that appealed more to, to me, intellectually speaking. Yeah. And I had no idea about, I had no idea about Qawad Fiqhiyah, that came later on, and that was, yeah. that's the next one. So yeah, so that's essentially where I went to, the faculty of Sharia, where I did four years studying Sharia with yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think we were the few ones from that batch. At that batch, no one was going Sharia. Now we have this conversation with all the students that come, the current students, everyone's going Sharia to the point that I'm like, go Hadith. <laughs> it's almost reversed. <laughs> no, the thing is that you got to go to motivations. Yeah. At the time, motivation was someone somewhere yeah. Had the idea that the Sheikh Albani, yeah. we had this in knowledge of Hadith. Yeah. Remember, we were, we were at, in the nineties at the time where bid'ah was very common commonplace in in the West. Yeah. Often, the distinctive factor between say, the the bid'ah being reliable or not was the Hadith. Yeah. Is it reliable? Is it authentic? Do you even have a Hadith? Yeah. So things being reliable and authentic was a big issue at that era. Yeah. I think it's less now. I mean. Are you saying that we don't need reliable hadith now? No, no, no. Or, less yeah, in, sen- in the sense that, in the sense that, um, it's everyone, everyone, everyone knows. knows now. Sheikh, yeah, the tasheeh of all that yeah. hadith today, it's become our it's already, foundation. It's, it's, it's already established. Yeah, the bedrock is already laid. Here. Bedrock's laid. So, uh, whereas um, one thing I think was missing um, was the intellectual discussions about the fiqh itself. Yeah. Now you actually have the hadith and it is authentic, what can you do with it? Yeah. Um, I think that was kind of a discussion. That was lacking. That was lacking in those times. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really a discussion because remember, it was us and the Hanafis, for example, and we were having that kind of discussion with them. It was like, well, you can't do that because the hadith is not authentic. It was yeah. straightforward. It was straightforward, yeah. It's Whereas now, things have expanded a bit more, the discussions have expanded a bit more, and we actually discussed amongst ourselves different things. So we can't yeah. just say, oh, brother, use a fake hadith. Technically speaking, we're all using the right authentic hadith. It's not even that discussion of authenticity now. Yeah. Amongst us ourselves, I'm saying. We're discussing um, how do you extract. So that was, um, that was that. So yeah, it is interesting how it's all flipped now. Yeah. And again, the, 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 another motivation, like I said, in those days, there was that issue of herd mentality. Everyone was herding towards hadith. Yeah. It was the, and, and let's not forget, <laughs> we had Jarha Ta'deel, where you had to you had to know who's on the manhaj from Jarha Ta'deel. That was that da'wah as well. That, uh, um, and to be on the manhaj means go and call it al-hadith. Be off the manhaj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His be in it. His be. You, had, your eye, you, you were wishy-washy, not too sure on the manhaj if you never went to hadith. I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, but you could, they, you could never say that in front of the mashaykh. That was amongst the, like you said, the head mentality. It wasn't something that you go, okay, like, for example, it, was, yeah, it wasn't from the Sheikh said that. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it was amongst the. It was, it was amongst some of the, sh- the students. It wasn't even a lot yeah, of them. Some yeah. of the students who were on that mentality. Um, I do remember, I do remember an incident when I first, because I, I got accepted a year after you did, isn't mm-hmm. it? And so I've come, you've already been there for a year, and I've bumped into you and another brother. And um, I forgot what it was, but it was something like, you know, because um, we'd known each other then. There's two instances I really remember. One, which is, I'm going to mention them both here. Inshallah, it won't be, you know, uh, embarrassing. Oh, no. <coughs> <laughs> well, I remember the first time... And I, a buddy, Min. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I met you, this is a nice one. This is a, this is a emotional one. Alhamdulillah. first time I kind of met you, it was uh, my son, Abdullah, died. It was his janazah. Yeah. You've come and you've given me a book. You're like, I'll be careful how you open it. I don't know what he's talking about. I think it was a book anyway. It was a book, yeah. 
or a card and um, I opened it or I just opened it and like money fell out. I think you gave me like a hundred pounds or something like that. Well, why I don't remember that. <laughs> I know you won't, that's the point. I, don't I know it. you don't. <laughs> but you gave me like a hundred pounds at that time and I'm like, subhanAllah, look at this brother, he's just giving me money towards like, obviously, you know, because it was a... Yeah. So yeah, that was really kind of like a kind of moment for me. The other time was in the Jamia, but it was like... Was that before Jamia though? That was before Jamia. Okay. That was before. You know, you know what the funny thing is? You guys probably probably wondering, how, how can you not remember that? That was like 20 years ago. <laughs> if you think about it, in the grand scale of things, it don't, I don't feel that way. I mean, yeah. I know I look still young. <laughs> but that is actually 20 years ago. You're younger than me. Well, you, are younger. you are younger than me as well. Black don't crack, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's on camera, I said on camera. Black don't crack. Well, I'm not joking. You know, I walk over the street with my mum yeah. and people think that she's my, my, my wife. <laughs> I'm not joking to you. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. I'm just saying. The second time was, and going back to this type of kind of like herd mentality stuff, uh, the, the pressure that's still there to some degree at the jam out. It's like, you know, be careful who you walk with mm. type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that was... like, you know, the, no, that was the statement. The Jaimeter can either break you or make you. That was the exact wording. For me. I don't know if it was you or the other brother. I can't remember. I think it might have been the other brother. To be honest I with know, you. definitely that's true. <laughs> no, Allah, I've seen people go there really nice and soft and come out so arrogant. I'm like, what the yeah. heck happened to you? And they got, they, they, yeah. they've they graduated, they've got knowledge, but they've just regressed back to yeah. a different self. I mean, once, once, one example, there was a brother. Uh, he, uh, actually, Khalid Barry said, oh, this brother's in Riyadh, he's working. I was like, oh, mashallah, the brother's in Riyadh now, you know, give, sending our salams. And he said, yeah, I'll do that. And then next day, the brother, Khalid was like, astaghfirullah, man, man, I'll be sorry, man, it didn't go too well. I'm like, well, how can sending <laughs> salams go well? I mean, you just say, brother, sending salams, wa alaikum salam. But um, apparently the brother said, Khudhu. He said, take it back. <laughs> what, even from a distance? <laughs> from, from across the borders, yeah. From Saudi, take back the salams. So yeah, you, you do have some madness going on. Um, but that same person who said that to Khalid about me, take the salams back. Um, when, I, when I first became Muslim, me and him were like this. Yeah. As in, he was such a soft brother. He was... Um, I mean, he lived with me for a year. I'm, my wife even breastfed his kid. So it's yeah. like, we were like, yeah, like this. As possible, yeah. But then as time progressed and you got more and more involved in that group, he just regressed to a, a different person. Anyway, yeah. put that yeah. aside, put, put that aside. aside. But the point is, it can never make you or break you. Yeah. Basically, you know what it is? I see it like money. Yeah. I see it, ilm, like money. Money doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. It only reveals who you really are. Mm. So... With knowledge, knowledge effectively gives you religious capital, mm. religious makana. With money, you can get status, yeah. that's the status. It give you status in society, I have and I can and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And maybe when you get that, you, feel, you start flopping with your chest because yeah. that's how you really were. Um, and so it just revealed what you were. Yeah. yeah. When, when, you, when you never had money... You're, you're, I guess, humbled by the situation. By the poverty. But when money came out, you're more brave yeah. to do what you would normally do. And that's why, that's why you find real good people, when money comes, doesn't, doesn't affect them that way. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't go in that direction because they weren't like that anyway. They weren't like that anyway. It doesn't make Same thing happens with knowledge, I would say. That's a, actual, a very good analogy and I think it's really, uh, really telling. So, Usul al-Fiqh being the topic why you Sharia. Mm -hmm. Also, I remember while you were there, you, were, you started teaching Arabic courses in the, was it in the summer once? At yeah. a university, started setting up your kind of institute, even while you were... Yeah, that was, that was accidental, yeah. in a way. So, 
one summer holiday, came out to the UK, trying to do a few things like we all do in summer holiday, get money yeah. for the next year. Yeah. And I put an advert in some online teaching platform. So you, you put in your, your, what your skills and what you're willing to do. And then people might, might say, can you teach me whatever? So I'd put the Arabic and nothing came of it. And I went back to Medina. For, that was like in August. Fast forward to like January, I get a message from that website saying, can you teach me Arabic? I said, I'm, I'm, in, Ar- I'm in Medina at the moment. I can't right now. I'm not in the country. Yeah. So I was just chatting to him, what, what are you doing? What are you up to? He said, I'm in this XY university. I said, what did, what, rather than you pay private tuition, let's set up something in your prayer room where I teach Arabic in your prayer room. Yeah. And he got, that was it. So we made a little poster. He organized it. And then we had a prayer room, prayer room packed with people learning. learning Arabic. And that's what we did, like a three-year, three-month intensive Arabic course doing yeah. book one, two, and three in Adramia. And Adra me all in that you packed it in five days a week. Five days a week, four hours a day. Four hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really immersive. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like a lot because Medina, book one, two, and three, we normally cover it's in two years. Two years, yeah. But that's because we have other books in those two years. Yeah. This was only that book yeah. for that whole time. So it was, it was... So that was your first kind of like the beginnings of... Arabic when, courses. Yeah, yeah, Arabic courses, which let's talk a bit about that. So you've graduated... Alhamdulillah, 2008, I think it was, because yeah. I graduated. And you've already kind of set up a little institute, albeit haphazardly, like you said. Yeah. But then when you came back, what did you do? So I next? came back, first thing I did is try to replicate the same thing I did before. As of all things people do, when they set up a business, they find something that works, they try and do it again, think it's going to work again, and do it again, think it's going to work again. So 2006, I did my first uh, prayer room Arabic course thing. Then 2017, same thing again. 2008, sorry, not 17, 2007, 2008, when I graduated, again. But each time I was doing it, the numbers weren't as powerful as before. Yeah. And there were a lot of institutes that were popping up as well. Yeah. Do you remember one that was at the time? Yeah. Which one? Tawan. No. Not Tawan. We, we went no, there was a big competition in the mid noughties I haven't heard nothing about them anymore. Okay, let's not mention Ibn Jabal. Ibn, Ibn Jabal. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what happened to them anymore, but yeah. that Interesting was... about Ibn Jabal, just so you know, that how they started like how you started in, I forgot what year it was, it was just before I went to the Jamia or year before. I attended a two-week intensive course yeah. doing Arabic at Regent's Park Mosque. Well, they were in it. They were teaching. Uh-huh. So it was the Ibn Jabal, the brother of Muhammad and somebody else. Uh, and it was why I'm saying it's the same thing because, like I said, same thing exactly what you said, they replicated it and ended up doing an institute. But again, mm-hmm. they've so anyway, so it was teaching the this was the, the marketing study a degree Arabic course in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so we did two weeks intensive, nine to five every day, doing Haywood and Ahmed, and at the end of it, doing uh, some Adjodomir basically. Yeah, and it was you know, that's actually interesting because the guy, the guy who, who initially contacted me. He did Ibn Jabal as well. Okay. And he actually had all their notes. He wanted me to go through it with them. Yeah. And I was going through it with him privately after the thing. I said to him, bro, this, this thing is like, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too much. They literally took everything. You know, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, imagine you have a human being. Yeah. And you took out all the red blood cells. I said, yeah. this is a human being. There's, there's so much more of, <laughs> of a human than just a, red, just a red blood cell. There's like this bone. <laughs> There's white blood cells, there's neurons. I don't know if I'll see that cup again in the same. <laughs> <laughs> you just I took out all to one thing and put it into that one cup and just drink this cup and you'll be human. No, no, there's so much more than that one thing. So yeah, that was, so yeah, so it all started. And then yeah. um, I recall, then when I uh, graduated in 2008, 
tried it again. And in 2009, got a place. Yeah. And then that was where Arabic courses, which became, which in, in, expanded to other stuff, Keenan Dean, and then eventually Al Madar, that kind yeah. of stuff. So that's, 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 that's essentially and that's the journey. Late in East London. Yeah. So that's the journey from 2008 or even six until, yeah. until recently, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that we've missed concerning the Jamia time, our families being Oh, there, yeah, the Jamia time. We had stuff. kids there, we had Eids there, yeah. we had the we had, we had Quran, we had so much things going yeah. in Medina. We had, we had life there, it was yeah. beautiful. Going to uh, the Corniche and going to different places. We've, uh, we've spoke about this on other videos anyway, inshallah. It's, I it's, think it's, it's on YouTube somewhere. Maybe. It's mine's in that, that, that Brelwi song. Sweet Medina, sweet <laughs> Medina, sweet. You know, <laughs> YouTube it, man. Try to type in YouTube, sweet Medina, Nasheed or something like that. And you it's, get... a, it's about Medina, not about Medina. Leave Medina aside. We're talking about the love of Medina. Anyway, okay, so you come back, you set up your institute, which, alhamdulillah, you're still doing, and is, you've got talk about that a little bit before we go into tech and. Yeah, so that's it, really. I mean, the, oh, the, the aim was to replicate Medina. Yeah. In the UK, yeah. Uh, what I studied, teach it here. Yeah. Uh, in my head, when I first graduated, I was I had the Hamas, the youth, yeah. I, the idea of uh, studying seven years in Medina and then teaching English for the rest of my life didn't make, didn't make sense. It didn't add yeah. up to me. Why English? That's how people know. Oh, because that was that was the de facto thing to do when you're when they go to the uh, Middle East. Yeah, when you want to go no to one make Hijrah to a Muslim country, guys, the English teach chapels. Yeah, no one wants to go there as 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 an accountant. <laughs> they got their own accountants. Yeah, yeah. You got with all issues of of migrating to another country. Essentially, you have to have something that they don't already have, and that tends to be the English, easiest thing will be English. You could be a math teacher, but then you don't know their language. Yeah, you could be a science teacher, but again, you don't know their. There's lots of things you yeah. have to. You don't know. Yeah. Whereas English is, you know English. It's your language. It's your own yeah, language. So everyone that makes hijrah usually goes over as an English teacher yeah. in the Middle East, either Qatar or Saudi or That's the easiest way. And you didn't fancy doing teaching English? I just thought it was a, it was a waste of seven years. I mean, I've, I've spent seven years studying and the whole purpose of that was for me to teach, isn't it? So yeah. I should come back here and teach. Yeah. That was the vision. So that's been how many years now, alhamdulillah, You're since 2008? Eight. That's over a decade now. Over a decade, yeah. And I promised myself uh, that after 10 years I would leave. I'm still <laughs> here. I'm still, I'm still here. <laughs> leave me and leave and make hijrah. Yeah. Yeah, not leave as in leave teaching, but it's leave and make hijrah. Yeah. I mean, it's changed now. Now, for example, because of COVID, we realise it's a lot easier to continue online. Loads of online institutes popping up. Every person becomes an institute um, and stuff like that. I mean, this, the way the space is going in terms of education is definitely changing in the sense of what people are willing to do to get the knowledge. Uh, I, think if, I think this change started to happen more seriously when, when online universities start to pop up with Abu Amina's one, yeah. Shithri's one, yeah. and there's another one, I thought there's a third one. Medina University had Medina one. Medina University had one as Medina well. Medina University yeah. had one. And there's another one called KAI something something. Yeah. Is that Shithri's one? That Shithri's one. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the, that, that became a thing. People actually get degrees from the UK. Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, in our centre, um, they use our centres for examination. So people do exams on yeah. our centre for those universities. Yeah. So that was... That was that, so that, that, that became another avenue. Yeah. Also, I, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, I feel as though knowledge is becoming more... Proliferate is the word more available. More available, yeah. Than it used to be. Yeah. When me when I first became Muslim, the du'at 
where people could barely speak Arabic. Yeah. They barely even knew Tajweed. They could do Tawheed. Yeah. They gave da'wah. And you Tawheed Sunnah bit But when it came to, if you listen to the old school tapes from the 90s, people reciting Quran, it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. Not putting anyone down, I'm saying that was, that was what we had. People who learned, learned the deen and they were given da'wah, they never actually made safar, never yeah, traveled to see knowledge. To see knowledge and they bring knowledge back. Part from of, that, yeah, there wasn't many, but there was one or two. Yeah, one yeah, or two. Yeah, one or two, yeah. But from that batch in the 90s, a waft went out to go and seek knowledge and that waft came back in the noughties and in the teens. Yeah. So therefore, now we have a lot more people out there who could teach deen and whatnot. Yeah. A lot more than, than nowadays. Um, so I guess you know, I don't know Is that Could that Could that be the reason why Maybe the Hamas Of studying Has decreased a bit Because there's more Knowledge available I guess mm. I don't know Okay but Just a method of learning Or method of teaching uh, Because you've been teaching Arabic for Ages now mm-hmm. John of the Dina books So many times Ajarami Other books Fiqh books as well You do courses on fiqh On 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 usul al fiqh, you got your private students, you got the classes, mm. you've got kids keen on Dean, you've got the the hub which is encompassing homeschooling yeah, yeah. and and still in East London. Um, teaching Arabic and learning Arabic, just in quickly, what do you think is kind of like the the way forward or for a student that wants to? So what I've noticed from people over the decades, well not decades, not plural yet, but over the years is um, a teacher of Arabic can only really open the doors. Yeah. The students, the students who progress are those who actually want to progress. So what I mean by that is that, for example, we had just, just recently, uh, one class we had started from book one and it got to book two. Uh, and the students in that were progressing very well and whatnot and they were making, they were, they were making some strides. Um, but then... Over time, they decided to do some business. Mm. And then they decided to miss lessons because they've got, uh, got meetings to do and whatnot. And eventually that business essentially took over their time. Now, if they continued, they will obviously continue progressing. But in the UK, the environment doesn't persist you to really get very far. I guess, I guess it's not just Arabic, it's anything. Anything, you're do anything you want to study. There's only so much you can go or so and so far you can go if you've got other things going on. Mm. For us in Medina, which is one thing I didn't get when I was in Medina, was that when it, we, we, we were just that, Motifarik, we just had the studies at hand. Yeah. You could do work, but you didn't have to. Yeah. They, they paid you. Yeah. Whereas here, we're struggling with the fact that the students don't really come as often as they probably need to. Yeah. And they don't have that much time to, to do get mastery before they're busy with something else. Mm. Either it would be getting married. I mean, that's one of the biggest Achilles heels of all women yeah. studying, yeah. is that there comes a point, not just studying, even even work. Work and whatever. There that. comes a point that when you get when you, when you get married or get pregnant and have kids, then you just don't have the same. You don't have the same time, availability right? available, which I guess that's probably the most reason why um, women. You don't have that many women female scholars. We can't say there weren't many learned women in the past. Yeah. But factors of life prevented you from progressing. Yeah. I mean, look at Muhammad Abdul Wahab, yeah. and even Ibn Taymiyyah. From their main teachers, even even Sheikh Sam Taymiyyah, some of their main teachers from the Quran or whatever it may be were women yeah. of their family, obviously. So it's not like we say that women did not know things, yeah. but facts of life, duties to your husband, duties to your children, all that kind of stuff prevents you from really moving forward. 
Now, apply that same logic to us who have duties to our employees because we have nine to five jobs every single time, and we're not. Re- it's not common for us. Well, we're just very busy, especially yeah. in the UK. It, I don't know if it's if it's true, but there's always a saying that in Medina is barakah in our time. Yeah, we know this. If you're Medina, yeah. now, somehow you get so many things done. Yeah, as long as it's not. I've still got time. I still got time. <laughs> Whereas here, we've got we've got no time. Yeah, I remember Medina. We've got after the food. Even the food, it seemed to be so affordable. You didn't have much money because to eat. Okay, basically. I mean, there was barakah on the food. The food, the rice, they would give you like, you buy like the, what was it, the chicken rice? Ruz, lehma ruz. Lehma ruz. Lehma ruz. Lehma ruz. Lehma ruz. You get like massive How much was lehma ruz? Was it like, a, it wasn't a real? Because that no. was like Addis and Addis. Addis and Khubz was khubz. a real. It was eight real from for the judge and ruz from what I remember. For eight or five? Five, five. It was five back then. One pound, it was like. Yeah. Yeah, there was so much barakah in, in, in time, in money. I guess that's why I've got so much weight. <laughs> I came out from Medina, ninety six kgs. What the heck? So oh, yeah, students. Nah, bro, that was fatness, bro. The belly was there, but I'm still working on that. Shall I get rid of that? <laughs> so um, this, uh, yeah. So uh, 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 the okay. idea is that there's there's, there's there's what what we want as teachers. We want yeah. everyone to progress to a high level and whatnot. But to be honest, I've only ever seen a person progress to a really high level are those who literally. Put everything aside give and just gave their full to Arabic. Yeah. One brother actually he learned book one, two, and three on his own, and then he came to our Arabic class in the in the university thing to join an advanced class. We had two classes: one beginners, one advanced class. Yeah. And he was solid. Yeah. Brother Lokman, call me man. <laughs> he was solid. Yeah. And uh, he used to always surprise me. I'm like. Are you sure you never studied with no one? I just, just read yeah. the books. No, you're 100% right. It's the same here. There's a couple of students, like, you know, and they've, they're solid. Yeah. And they, they're, as, in all intents and purposes, maybe as, as solid as some of the students are in the jamia at the moment, yeah. studying, in their reading, in their comprehension. Because they're, they're stuck that's to it. That's what they're stuck to. Yeah. And they, they've been doing it cons- consistently for about two, three years, basically. So basically, they found, the zone. they found, they the, found zone. the zone. They found the zone. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like those of you out there who might be, might be into gaming. When you get your game, load it to the PlayStation, and you don't get off that game for the next couple of weeks until you clocked it. Yeah. If you can sustain that level of, of dedication in your studies for a couple of years, you'll you're solid. It. You're solid. I mean, obviously, you have to try and balance that with, with, with Mashaykh and yeah. proper knowledge, because otherwise you might learn. And sense. then there's distractions which are beneficial double-sided swords, like tech. Like... Yeah, so that's a funny one for me. I get, I get, I get, I get distracted... A lot. I mean, really, I get distracted a lot, but not with frivolous stuff. I don't get. I do sometimes, but not. Not. I, for example, YouTube is a fitness for me, yeah. because I'm always learning something. There's just so much stuff to learn on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe you should actually learn it another time, not now. I've got my taxes to do, or I've got some accounts to do, or some nonsense like that. And I'm and I'm and I'm busy learning about rock climbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm joking. Like two weeks ago, I got into a rock climbing spree. <laughs> Every day it was like. Five, six, seven videos of man rocking, rock climbing, no harness. How did he do it? One guy, one one finger pull up, and I'm like, next video, next video. But so yeah, yeah. so thing is, but you touch on something which is really important, just so people realise that when it comes to, for example, being a teacher, in your case especially, you're not just. Uh, and this is what we're going to speak about in a minute. I guess I've cut you, but we're going to speak about business mm-hmm. because you're teaching, but you're also running a institute, and you're yeah. also doing admin and learning new things and are you managing to do all of that 
and be with your family and stuff like that. Managing, managing to do yeah, it or, or trying doing to do it. it. <laughs> or doing it's, it. it's happening somehow. It's happening Things somehow. are falling into place. Yeah. And at the same time, obviously, we're going to go there now, actually. So don't, is, is you've also basically learned all about cryptocurrency. Yeah. Taught yourself so, yeah, through I mean, YouTube. So the, 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 the whole crypto thing, which will probably come later on, but that actually came from just the idea of admin. So basically... When I was doing Arabic courses, based on my OCD in trying to do everything myself, which you learn after a while that it's not always good to do everything yourself. You need to have guys behind the camera who can help out and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, so. Uh, we were talking about the one man, the one man band. The one man band. That, yeah, that, you know what? Abdullah always kills me off. He always gives me this, this, uh, gives me what's it called? The analogy of me being the guy who's got the the, the, the what's it called? The drum on his knee. The drum on his knee. He's got the flute on one arm. On, on every limb, you got something he's, in your mouth. Everything. Got, he's got he's harmonica in his mouth. He's got something that's chanting on his head. He's, he's the whole band I mean, on his arm. Yeah, but it's true. You that do, was, you that, do it yourself. that was. Arcade, blah, blah. It was. I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to come off that. Let me just highlight how true it is, so just everyone actually knows. With regards to the centre that he's got up in uh, later next to Sahara Grill, uh, it was a shell, literally a shell, right? So nothing, just literally a shell. There was Concrete a, there floors, was no toilet, no toilet, no, no walls, running water, no partitions. There was nothing, no electricity, no electricity a at all. Complete shell. I mean, just how bad it is. One time I was drilling, and some concrete, and concrete is sharp here, went into my eye, <laughs> and like, I thought, you know, a blink a few times, it's gone. Nah, it's not going. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's oh, it's had to hurt now, and I need to get this thing out of my eye, but there's no water. <laughs> the whole so I had to find my way across the road to the shop across the road. I said, please, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> concrete my eye. <laughs> I mean, yeah, ridiculous. So basically, instead of kind of like getting builders and stuff like that, and I think the philosophy is what you told me, which is true. It's good, but was, is that he decided to do everything you could do yourself. So you put the walls yourself, put the floor down yourself. The only thing you got something in for was the plumbing and electricity, from what I understand. And even that you did Electricity, not plumbing. I did plumbing as well. You did the plumbing yourself as well. <laughs> the electricity not... was because that's, 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 that's the So dangerous. over the space of, what, 12 months, you'd learned how to become a builder, basically. Yeah, through YouTube. For YouTube, yeah, for YouTube again. I'm not joking. Yeah. YouTube. So I'm always... Accounting, the... YouTube. Yeah. So the point is, uh, one-man band, you'll do it yourself. And the reason why, I told, tell everyone the reason why you'd rather do that. So the, it wasn't... It's, it, it, the rather, I think that's, the rather part is, that might be psychology, that might be a character thing. Yeah. Maybe only child syndrome. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Um, but there was one thing that, that uh, what's his name? James Khan. Yeah. From Dragon's Den. He said that he never, he tried not to employ someone until he first tried it himself. Yeah. So he can value the work put into it. Because if you have no idea how much work goes into it, then you can't really assess whether or not the way you're going to pay him for it is fair. Yeah. If it's quick thing, why pay him like a couple of grand, which is something you could do in a couple of minutes, which happened to me. I got an electrician to come and wire up a temporary um, fuse box and charged, he charged me, charged me 600 quid. When he did the job, I'm like, was that it? <laughs> he got like cheap, literally got a cheap thing, put on the, I mean, I get it was dangerous and I guess he knows what he's doing, but when it, it took him like half an hour and I, and I thought, damn. I didn't know. And you feel that sting that you, you thought it was going to be X, Y, Z because of the yeah. price and end up being something less than that. And you feel, oh, yeah. I got done. Yeah. Whereas if you tried something yourself, 
You saw how difficult it was. You have no, you have no qualms and reservations to pay the price because you see, yeah. okay, it deserves a bit of thing because yeah. the guy put in, there is a lot of work involved. Yeah. Another part is once you've done it, like you said before, if something goes wrong, at least you can, you know. Yeah, that's another thing as well. That was, that was, that, that wasn't the reason why I did it. That was a byproduct. Byproduct. So yeah. basically, if anything, anyone, anyone wants to put a new plug somewhere, I know exactly where the wires are because I built you it. Put them yourself. Um, yeah, so next time you go into Arabic courses, the hub, and you look around, that's. That's the builder my area. Yeah, but, but do you want to say that though? Because if something falls on the head, it's like <laughs> we know exactly who to blame in it. We know Muawiya said he was, he was doing, but we clearly see things are falling out from the, from the heavens. <laughs> so, all right, let's leave that. Cut, 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 brother, cut that bit out, yeah? <laughs> let's leave that. <laughs> all right, so crypto. Crypto. Let's yeah, so crypto. what happened to is, that? This is a big thing. But before we go to crypto, yeah. I just want to speak about our journey through. Apple products, and the reason why I don't want to mention that specifically because it should, can, we, should, we, should we get should we get should we get should we get it should we should we yeah. expose our sins? Last time we did a uh, podcast with the brothers Apple from AirPods, Jolophon. Okay, let's let's do it. So let's do this. iPhone. iPhones there. Uh, everyone knows. Apple Watch. <laughs> everyone knows. Let's let's do let's do this. It's by way of understanding the value of tech and the importance of tech in the life of a student of knowledge. As you know, it depends on his tech. That's it. We've got here iPad Pro with keyboard. <laughs> that the next talks were prepared on that on the way in. Okay, I got it. With the qalam. Mine's not that. Okay, why is why is yours? Why is yours red and mine's looking black? Oh, this is a gift by a beloved student as well, and it's engraved. Mashallah, Tabarakallah. Mashallah, got engraving. Yeah, it's engraved. AWS. See, but yeah, basically, we've been into Apple for the longest while. Uh, Apple Sheep. Yeah. Apple Sheep is probably the best way to describe us because the only one, only the only, it's the only way you can explain why you spend so much money <laughs> on, on this stuff. No, no, I, I justify it. I, I beg oh, of course, cool, of course, we justify it's, it. That's, it's, that's just cognitive dissonance uh, right there. Isn't it? <laughs> okay, this is how I justify it. My proof is this. This is how I justify it myself personally. Yeah, they make good products. Okay, they're expensive, but they're good products. But this is how I justify it. I remember in 2000, and when the first phone came out, seven or eight or whatever, and then 2009, and I'm saying to myself, okay, Apple's going to go up, and then they have to plateau off, and they have to come decline, down. come down. That's all business, isn't it? It goes up, goes up. And, I, and we speak about it now, saying we knew it was a good product. We knew that it had a lot of potential. We didn't have money to invest, but why didn't we think about investing in it? Mm -hmm. Because... Back then, the Apple stock must have been what? Like, I don't know. Let's like, not remind less ourselves. <laughs> maybe, maybe 20 pounds. I, all those for the longest while, for decades now, we've been saying this about yeah. Apple stock because it never happened. So the point is, to show this is how I justify the fact that I've got Apple gears, that Apple is a bit, one of the biggest companies and they've just gone up and up and up. Even, even when Stop Jobs died, mm -hmm. you thought, okay, they're going to decline because the main guy yeah, everyone, everyone thought he was, he was... He was the main guy, but it turned out it wasn't. It was, no, it was the other guy in the background. I mean, for me, I used to be into... I used to be. I used to actually hate Apple. I think it was is the, the usual techie kind of hatred because yeah. Apple's very restrictive. You can't do and you can't do and blah blah yeah. blah. And I used to be the HTC, and I remember one guy. Um, I said, "Yeah, my HD, my HD two HTC can do this and do that, and you can put this on it, put what that on HD? it." Really? No. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I used to be. I used to be big, big into that. Yeah. I even hacked my one and put Ubuntu onto it and blah blah, blah. and then. One day, I just said to myself, let me just, let me just buy an iPhone. 
and everyone liked to look at me because I used to be totally anti Apple yeah, yeah. up to that point, even to the point where a friend of mine about a month ago he said, "What phone should I get?" I said, "Get HTC, get HTC." <laughs> and, then, and then when I got my iPhone, I was like, "Brother, you just told him to get HTC. <laughs> you deliberately said don't get an iPhone, get HTC." And a month later, you get an iPhone. <laughs> you hypocrite. But what it was that when I got the iPhone, what I discovered was the stuff you can do is great, but do I need to do it now or at all? I mean, I could put Ubuntu onto an Android phone, but do I need to do that? I just want to make a phone call, organize my stuff, take some pictures, and it's just receive simple. An email. Receive an email. I just want it to Surfing just it. just to work. That is why that was my way of being productive. I only have so many hours a day. I don't have time to be fixing. I used to be into Windows. Everything. I need new drivers. I have to go onto the forums and find the new drivers. Install the drivers. It's not working. I have to. And it just no. Get a Mac. Plug anything into it. It just works. To this to this day. It's the same principle. Yeah. It just, just works. Yeah. So that was that was that was me, and I think the amount of money we spent on Apple was shameful. <laughs> um, no, 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 it's useful, it's a utility, and I don't think there's a disconnect between tech and knowledge. There you go. There's no disconnect between tech and knowledge. Cog- I think, cognitive, but... You know what? You know what? And even to this day, even I remember in the class and the Mashaykh talking about, you know, one of the Mashaykh's speaking, goes, oh, you guys think we've done about tech? And he was showing his knowledge and love of tech as well, so... Even if I, I heard it before, I had, had knowledge yeah, I think it's a... I think it's a um, yeah, so I've always been to tech. Yeah. Uh, okay, like I said, even in college, and I, I like, like innovation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. innovation. Something which is simple, clean, innovative. It's it's useful, functional. And it's funny because a lot of Android or Fandroids say, "Oh, look, we we had this function years ago, and not Androids." And it's like, yeah, but I had an Android phone, and all I had was just heartache. I installed yeah. some ROM, and then it stopped working. And so I had to clear it off. Let's stop that. Okay, Please. so I'll go look at, so looking at, for example... Basically, long story short, is Apple is greater than Android. Add that as, a, as like a... Like, put it in there, like, you know... Like, as long as we're allowed Apple, to, it doesn't greater flag. than Android. It's It's my subjective Android opinion. Comes, yeah, yeah. It's my subjective opinion. Yeah. If you want to get work done... Get an Apple. Okay, the reason I brought up the Apple isn't just so that we can show why we're, why we're Apple sheep, but it's talking about the issue of seeing technology and how technology can impact business and impact our lives. Everything. Cryptocurrency. Talking yeah. about cryptocurrency. You've been into crypto since 2016, around that time. You've no, got a cha- 17. 17. You've got, a cha- you've got a YouTube channel called Crypto Hash Review. Um, what do you think is the future of cryptocurrency? Because there's a lot of talk about it at the moment, and I'm, I'm, I obviously, you know, looking at my kids and how they're playing games and how they're using, they have road bucks and road blocks and all this other stuff. I know for the kids in 20 years' time, they want. I don't think they're going to know money. Their money's always going to be digital. Yeah, but a bit like how the how the kids now don't even know cassettes. Don't know cassettes or or floppy disk or floppy disk or you know, floppy disk. Also as well. Wait, wait, wait. Do you know a zip drive? <laughs> you remember zip drives? Zip drives. I mean, that was the t- latest thing, my day. Yeah. Zip drive. And also, everything. A lot of things have been digitalized, and it's a what you want to use as opposed to what they want to show you. As, for example, a lot of things have been decentralized as well. Mm-hmm. Even, uh, let's say, media, streaming, TV. Yeah. It's no yeah. longer a channel where you watch and you wait for stuff to come on. That's actually the one of the biggest watch things. YouTube. They watch it when they want to. For YouTube example. and Netflix. I'm sure if you look at the viewership, is taking over BBC now. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially globally. Yeah. So crypto, it's still quite early. Tell us a bit about crypto and why you got into it and why and what you 
Yeah, so the, yeah. The, again, the reason I got into, well, I even learned about Bitcoin and started to learn more about it was against band down to management. So I was trying to work on a website for receiving payments on the, for our courses. One man management, but he also does websites, builds his own websites. You used to decode them at a time when I was saying to you, just use WordPress. Don't save yourself coding because everyone's gonna, you're not. It's me being stubborn, <laughs> thinking you have to do it the hard, the hard way because eventually. So you, learned, you coded, you learn, you know coding as well, obviously. Right now you do. You yeah, so. So I got you were building a website. So, so I was building a website and I, and I was trying to uh, find. I think I can't, I can't remember if it was that time or before, but I had some issues with paper. Yeah. I don't know what they did to the. Yeah, he doesn't. <clears throat> but they had some issue with paper. And I figured to myself, I want a way to receive payment that doesn't involve a third party. And I heard about Bitcoin. We hear about these Bitcoin. We hear about these things as supposed to be anti this and you see, um, you hear. But I didn't know. So I thought, let me find out if I can accept payment. Cause at least, at least there's the options there. Someone pays for a course, so I can get it in blind and blah, blah, blah. So I found some uh, app. No, it was, a, it was a plugin that allowed you to accept payments on your wallet. And so I, I opened a Coinbase account. I put 50 pounds in there, transferred that 50 pounds to my my phone, tried the website, paid for my own course, received the money into the funds. I'm like, yeah, it works. And that was in July of 2017 and that was it. Got it working, forgot about it. A month later, I saw that the 50 pounds I put in was more than 50 pounds. I'm like, what happened there? <laughs> What's going on with that? And then that's when the rabbit hole starts to be happened. So it wasn't, I didn't get involved in Bitcoin because of price going up. I didn't know it went up. I just thought it is what it's it is. It's a payment system. Yeah. And, and I wanted to integrate into my system. Then when I saw the price go up, I was like, why did it go up? And then once you peer behind the curtain, you start seeing, wait, all these other coins going on. And, and then there's Litecoin and there's this coin. And then you start going crazy. And then you realize after a while that only one of them really makes sense. Um, so after that time, I was, I was basically, basically just learning, learning, learning. And then at that time, to be honest, Past the price action, for me, it was also an issue of controlling it. Back to what the, my initial reason was. I wanted a reason to get paid that doesn't involve someone else processing that fee, i.e. PayPal. And on top of that, according to the ideas I thought were correct at the time, I thought if my money's in the bank, they're using it for interest. Mm. So I wanted a way to get my money out of the bank. I didn't realize at the time that my, my money doesn't need to be in the bank for, for them to do interest. That's one of those fallacies people believe that if your money's in the bank, they're using it to do, to do, they use it to do loans. That's not how it works. They give loans even if your money's not in the bank. But um, that was the vision. And for me, it was an escape from the system. Yeah. That rebel in me, as usual, I, yeah. I like to always go against the grain. They say hadith, say sharia. Yeah? Hadith, sharia. Hadith, sharia. Yeah. No. So. Demand them, not demand them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was them one. So that was it. And that was the journey. And I began to study, looking at the code, looking at how it functions. I tried, uh, not tried, I, I, I attended many, many workshops, learning about how to actually code on Ethereum, learning Solidity. I did many few smart contracts, yeah. launched them on test nets, did stuff, joined some hackathons. Uh, I, even now I'm trying to join onto one hackathon now, starting next couple of days, learn to program uh, layer three on top of Bitcoin, yeah. on top of Lightning. So. That's basically what I've been trying now focusing or I've been leaning towards now is how can Bitcoin help the Muslims escape from the RIBA system? Yeah. And in that regard, you launched the website, Crypto Hash Review yeah, so and the YouTube channel with all 
the videos on what Bitcoin is or what money is, not just Bitcoin. You speak about the monetary yeah. system. So Bitcoin. what I've been studying from 2017, 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. So it was four years of me studying. When I say studying Bitcoin, I mean, I mean, just to give you a bit of context, my three-year-old sometimes, sometimes comes to me and says, oh, Abby, Bitcoin. I mean, that's how much... Yeah. When, so. I, when I have my phone in my hand, she goes, are you watching Bitcoin? Because I'm, I'm always literally learning something new about Bitcoin. And people think Bitcoin is, it goes up. That's, that's the extent of the knowledge. But Bitcoin is a lot, lot more than that. Yeah. It's a whole system. It's like, it's like learning how does the internet work and how can I launch or do business on the internet. Yeah. Think of that like that. How can I launch a business using a monetary network as a basis for my business. Yeah. That's basically what I've been learning. So the Crypto Hash Review website was essentially my attempt at putting all the fundamental knowledge about why Bitcoin, how Bitcoin works and replying to the many misunderstandings and lies against Bitcoin in one place. If you yeah. want to know about why and whatnot, it's got to, it's all the videos are there. There's not yeah. much more to say on it. And it kind of was my way of, of not repeating myself. So I get messages now, bro, well, is this allowed? And I just send the link. Yeah, yeah. It's already done yeah. there. And obviously you can understand from that, that if there is, obviously, you know, there's views, some scholars say some permissible, then obviously my was of the opinion and his view based upon his extensive research that is permissible. So there's no need to answer that question. That's answered by the fact that he's, I have, he's involved in it. I have 56 videos. Yeah. Trying to tackle exactly the questions, is Bitcoin halal or haram? Yeah. 56 videos. Okay, what, what I want to talk about is because you made the analogy between the internet and, for example, you know, launching a business on there and looking at Bitcoin. And the, in terms of technology, the internet has changed loads of stuff and it's still quite, it was not new now, but it was new when we was young. Yeah. And that's the analogy I want to get to some of the people now that the Bitcoin... At that, at that time, when was it, 1999, the internet came out or whenever? No, the internet was literally became, I guess you could say mainstream in the 90s. In the 90s, I don't yeah. Because we don't say when it was made, because it was made like from the 70s. 70s it? Yeah. But when it became a thing for us, yeah. was essentially when we kind of first heard of an email. Yeah. Or we used to actually go to a website to do anything functional. Before the 90s, no one actually did anything functional on the internet. Yeah. But in the 90s, we began to maybe order a book. Yeah. Amazon. Remember, those who actually remember Amazon was a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, it was a bookstore. And look at it now. Um, again, technology, yeah. internet. So we could. Shops are closing down. What I'm trying to highlight is that physical places have been closed down because of the likes of Amazon yeah. and, digi and online shopping. And it's like internet. It's like internet. Even, even, funnily enough, if you think about it, as much as the internet started to replace shops, it's even replacing scholars and ulama and talab al indirectly. Yeah. If we put out content and it's now there on the internet, that actually frees up our time to not always be there. Yeah, you like I said, you refer them to the video. Refer them to your video. Refer, video so it's actually ineffectively replacing us indirectly. Yeah. And maybe my day, and I do believe it's possible, where you could actually feed in information to an algorithm or maybe AI. And you can at least get some form of an answer. Yeah. I don't see why not. Why, why, would, why, why, why would we think it's not possible for some form of AI to give a basic fatwa? Yeah. Based on, I mean, if you look at a lot of fatwas, there's only a few variables. Yeah. As long as you can extract those variables and process it properly and then use the vast amounts of information already here already there, yeah. to give the answer. I, I, see, I see even 50 years, yeah. uh, an AI mufti. 
Yeah. Maybe not an AA Qadi, because that might may, may be different, maybe more, more nuanced. But at least the issue of safar or traveling and shortening, surely an AI can answer it. said, hey Siri, can I shorten my salah? Well, it depends. If you go somewhere, I'm, I'm sure Siri will say one day, yeah, if you, oh, actually, no, it depends. They'll say, well, you are, you are actually 85 kilometers away from your home because I know where you live. So They'll yeah, you could give you the whole, they give you the whole book. <laughs> And actually instruct you on how you do, how many will do, because you've got the watch in your hands. So, no, use more water, please, on your elbow, on the elbow. And by the way, the Qibla is in this direction. And, the, and by the way, yes, you're facing, you're facing, no, seriously, you, you can, I mean, just to show you, uh, when COVID happened and I was leading Taraweeh in my house, I'm not half of the whole Quran, I don't know the whole Quran, unfortunately, but I still read the whole Quran in Taraweeh in my home. How did I do that? Use my watch. So I'm, I said, Allahu Akbar, and I have the whole Quran right here. <laughs> so I'm literally reading the whole Quran as yeah. I'm trying to pray. Yeah. Now, that's very complicated. I, I, it's not very complicated. It's very easy to just have your hand here and, and just look down. But we're already talking about Apple's going to have the Apple goggles yeah. or Apple glass, yeah. where they'll be on your hand. AR. You could actually program. The must have to be shown in front of you. You can actually just look yeah. towards There's the Quran. Lot, I mean, AI is a huge... A yeah. huge, huge fraud. Yeah. Right, going back to Bitcoin specifically, because I want to highlight. Memories. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tech, it's a tech, believe me. It's, it's, it's all about the tech. It's all about the tech. It's all about the tech. It's innovation, like we said, innovation. innovation there's a meme, actually. There's a meme. I'm going to forward you the meme. Put it in the video. Put it, some, put it, put it there. There's that there's there's Indian guy. He's got gold all over his face. And he's like, all about the tech. <laughs> <laughs> What what made Bitcoin so revolutionary? What is it that made it possible, or what made it so important? Basically, I, the double spend thing, or the so, what was it that made it actually be able to replace money as a digital currency? For those who don't know, what what I mean, there's so many things. The Bitcoin is one of those things that has so many levels. It opens up a Pandora's box of yeah. so many questions that we didn't think to ask before. Yeah, yeah. But what does it? What problem does it solve? That's technically perfect. speaking, one, yeah. is uh, how do you come to global consensus and yeah. know the truth? Yeah, sounds a bit philosophical. But let's go back to hadith. If I said this hadith is authentic, and you say how is it authentic? You say, oh yeah, because these chain generation and blah, blah blah. This this person met that person, met that person, that person, and yet you accept that. But if I said to you, because it's mutawatir. Mutawatir basically means it has been narrated by so many different paths that it's actually practically impossible for them to have agreed upon this. If it was a lie, they could not have agreed upon it. It's, yeah. it's, it's impossible. Yeah. So that, that mutawatir is a mechanism to know truth irrefutably. Yeah. Essentially, that, like the Quran. The Quran is mutawatir. Yeah. It, is, it is conveyed to us by so many paths that it's actually impossible for them all to have agreed on these words and these letters as they are. Yeah. So that's how we know 100% that the Quran has been preserved. But on a technical level, if it comes to the computers, if my computer says that you have £10 in your bank account, how does a computer in Japan also agree? Because yeah. if I also send money from my account to his account, yeah, I know, and maybe his computer knows, but how does everyone also come to know? Yeah. Now, our current banking system, whatever system, there's, the way they achieve that is through centralization. There is one server or servers or farm, whatever, and they have the truth. The truth is in there. So when I send a transaction, I essentially communicate with that centralized node or network and I say, do this, and it does it. So if you want to know the truth, 
we have to ask that central point. Yeah. But how do we achieve a system that isn't in one place that I could essentially? Re I mean, let's just go back to this, let's go back to this again. If I'm if I'm the bank if I'm the bank back the bank and I control this database, I could just stop you from using your transaction. I could edit the transaction. I could, in theory, defraud people in this. I mean, I can put laws in place and whatnot, but it doesn't stop the fact that one person is in control of your money. Yeah. So Bitcoin solved a computer, techno a computer question is, how do I get agreement without. without having a centralized figure who controls it all? As in, how do you get random computers who have somewhere in China, somewhere in New Zealand, somewhere in Tongo, somewhere in, in Saudi Arabia, somewhere in London, somewhere probably even here, who knows? There's all these nodes all over the place. How do they all agree on one truth and they have no idea who the other person is? And more importantly, how do they trust each other? Or do they trust each other? So that's basically what Bitcoin does. It is a way to have global consensus on one single truth Without needed to trust anyone. Yeah. We've never been able to do that before. Yeah. I with mean, money. we, with money, with, money, yeah. with Muslims, yeah. we did it with the Quran because anyone who says, I have the Quran and I recite it, we can tell it's true or not through Tawatur. Yeah. Go any half of the host of the planet, it will tell you true or false. And it's been so dispersed and so decentralized. Listen carefully. The Quran has been so decentralized that it's impossible to destroy. I could destroy, I can blow up, I could send a nuclear bomb to the whole of the Middle East. It's still preserved. I could destroy 99% of them, probably the whole Muslim empire. The whole Muslim ummah could be destroyed. this on the web. Okay, sorry. The whole Muslim ummah can be, can, could, um, could be destroyed. And we still have the Quran. In, in, everywhere else, it, you can't actually destroy the Quran. Likewise, that's with Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so that's essentially why it's so important. Yeah. Um, and, there's a gift for everyone. This is why... Many institutions don't like it because if you were the gatekeeper to the system before, you don't really want to give up the keys to the kingdom. Hmm. So the other the other thing which I've come across with regards to Bitcoin is is what you're saying is that it it's a trust it's a system which is independent of a third party, but it's truth in the sense that. Once that transaction's gone, it's verifiable. Everything is verifiable, basically. And there's no double spend. So Meaning the, that I is... can send you money, mm -hmm. and or I can send you cryptocurrency or whatever, or I can send you Bitcoin. You can send me Bitcoin. I can send exchange. Once I've sent it, I can't spend it because it's already gone. And that's on a system. So basically, I mean, trying to, trying to make it as, as, as easy as possible to understand, um, everyone, basically the, the concept of Bitcoin, which is another, probably why I gravitated towards it in the end, is because it kind of rem is reminiscent of Islam, or even what I learnt, come to know of Islam when I first became Muslim, is that you don't just trust, you verify. Yeah. That was the, that was the da'wah in the 90s. Yeah. Someone says to you, there's a hadith, ask us, name us your men. I mean, show yeah. us where is the, yeah. where's your delil. Yeah. So with, with Bitcoin, if I said, if I said, yeah, this is my, I'm, I charge you five pounds for the service, and you say, okay, I've sent you the money, I can actually speak to my own node and see, has he sent, has he sent me the money? And I can see, yeah, oh yeah, he has. Yeah. And I, I don't have to ask someone if he sent, sent me money. Yeah. I, I, I ask my own computer. Yeah. So that's essentially you, you can verify Verifiable, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the system is in a way that one person can't come in 
and just take over the system like that. Yeah. So that's basically how it is. And it's interesting because some, some people say, oh yeah, Bitcoin can be, the banks can take control of it and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's it, the, the, Those kind of statements are the same as saying, oh yeah, the Saudi government's taken over the Quran and now they've, now they've, now they've controlled the Quran. No. Mm. They could print off loads of masahif and send it throughout the world, but they cannot control the Quran because it's, it's, it's so ubiquitous to everywhere. It's not possible. Yeah. Same thing in Bitcoin. You could take a large share of the market, but you can't control it because it's just, it's just so infused everywhere. Yeah. I think what's telling as well is I think the, the first, Satoshi, what was it, the first transaction he did, there's a newspaper article about yeah. the banking. So, I mean, Satoshi Nakamoto, the one, who, the one individual, individuals who made the network, who are anonymous, by the way, yeah. which is a lot of scholars have taken issue with that, interest, ironically enough. But um, um, they, th- his motivation for Bitcoin was more to do with inflation. Because yeah. the government's just bailed out the banks and they, they, they control the monetary supply and the government's print money. And they, and they basically, they, they control the keys to our money we have and they, and they dictate where it goes. Yeah. He wanted a system that was not under, under anyone's control. Yeah. Which I think is a fair point, fair thing to want. I mean, mm. it'd be nice if we could have a system that isn't, that doesn't serve the interests of a minor few if they wanted to go that direction. Yeah. I mean, it'd be even nice if we could have a government, maybe that will happen one day, where the system is implemented without nepotism, without racism, without any kind of ism. Yeah. It is as it is, as in it is according to the law. Yeah. So that's essentially what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is, I mean, it is, as I say, the, the, a, lot, a lot of the Kofadis say it's the only truth we have. I mean, in terms of verifiable truth. Verifiable truth. Um, but obviously, they don't know about the Quran. Yeah. There's more things that can verify, but according to the other is, but it's a means to have verifiable, absolute truth yeah. that we can all agree on. So digitally, money, or do you think money is going to disappear? And we're going to have only digital money at some point in the future? See, money, I mean, this is why in the first part of my well, videos... Yeah, not money. Yeah. I think yeah. the first part of the videos I always mentioned was history of money. And money always changes. Yeah. It's a technology. And um, what sometimes people do is they get, they get confused or bogged down by the current tech. Yeah. Thinking that the current tech is the only tech. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with thinking that way. As long as that behavior, that, that thought thinking doesn't hinder your potential or your future. So let me explain. In the Quran, Allah mentioned that Yusuf salam was sold into slavery be darahima bakhsin oh no what's it uh bithamani bakhsin darahim ma'duda thamani bakhs a small insignificant fee darahim ma'duda a few darahim a few dirham dirham is a silver coin from Greece by the way now Yusuf predates Greece so that means whatever they can they could they exchanged and it wasn't actually a dirham but they expressed it in the language of money that they used at the time of Nasrullah, Dinan Dirham. So you're saying that the words used in the Quran for the past was Dirham. Yeah. Although they actually never used the Dirham. Yeah. Indicating that money is, whatever you call it, it's more of what you do with it than what you call it. Mm. So if you want to use gold or you want to use silver or you want to use shells or pieces of paper, it's just a medium of exchange. Mm. It just happens that right now we've been using fiat. For the for, for those life. that know, yeah. fiat basically means money, which is not pegged to anything. It's basically based on debt. But um, it, it, we've been using fiat since the seventies, and we've grown up only knowing that. 
And that's probably the biggest challenge we have. How do you rewire your brain to think of something other than the pounds? As money. Yeah. As money. I mean, think of it like this. Imagine you've only known, and this actually happened, you've only known gold coins and silver coins. And then the government says, yeah, we're going to issue some paper notes. No, man, I mean, I want the gold coins. Mm. What's this paper? This doesn't mean it's not worth anything. Mm. It's a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper. Yeah. Because I can print it myself. I can print my. Look at my print and I print one. Let me copy it. I might buy one and copy it. Exactly. So it's it, people don't don't really want change. They want to keep yeah. what they have and what they're used to. And essentially, what happened with, with yeah. what's happening to us now? Um, people don't want to change. I guess it's the same thing with, with engines. We all know yeah. where cars are going. Yeah. Is, is anyone in doubt, brother? In doubt? Cars are going electric. We yeah. all know this. Yeah. But why people still want that nice rrr, rrr, noise? Yeah, yeah. They, they want that noisy. What they're used to. And gargling, kicking out dust every minute, yeah. fumes. When you could just, you know, it's what people are used to. Yeah. Okay, so bringing it back full circle, because I think this is where it's really important to understand the importance of students of knowledge and being in touch and in tune with tech and developments and changes. Everything has to have a hukum shari. Mm -hmm. And also, we have to as a Muslim community, I guess, and students of knowledge and teachers, be aware of the transactions which are taking place mm -hmm. in society and not just not know the chukam, but also not be left behind. Yeah. I to also take benefit of it and utilize it in a way which is going to bring about, especially if it, it's since, called the edge. Go on. It's called the edge. Yeah. When I was learning about trading, because everyone goes crypt, gets into crypto, at some point I was thinking about trading, I want to yeah. trade, yeah. I'm going to make some money, I'm going to buy this here, I'm going to set up here, I'll be a millionaire. Everyone has that vision. It's a lie, but it's a vision. So when I'm going through that phase of yeah, learning about trading... I want to repeat that. It's a lie, okay? Don't think just because crypto's gone up, you're going to be rich. No, you're going to lose loads of money, more likely. Don't, it's not, don't trade. It's an innovation. Don't trade. Don't day trade. Yeah, well, let me, the quick, quick explanation what you, what you meant by day trading. So basically, so people have this vision that if you just buy here when it's low and it goes up high and you sell, and then when it comes down again, you buy and it goes up high and you sell, you can make money as it goes up and it goes down and you're making lots of money. That's the vision. But the thing is, in hindsight, everything's clear. In hindsight, is it hindsight is 2020? Hindsight is 2020. Yeah. So um, the reality is when you actually trade, you trade not on emotion, not trade on, on reality. That makes sense. As in, when it goes down, you react by selling. And when it goes up, you react by buying when you shouldn't <laughs> you actually be, you, should, you do <laughs> not opposite what you just said. Talks. Your plan was, I'm going to buy here and sell at the top. But what actually happens, it goes up <laughs> and you quickly buy it and it goes down and you quickly sell. You do the, you do the polar opposite of your plan because the emotion. So that's like day trading or, or the idea of day trading is you, you trade in on a day-to-day -day basis and then closing every day. Don't, don't do it because those who actually make money from that, they've been, it's a skill. That's the issue. This is the issue. The issue is, People are deceived to think it's something you could do without learning anything. Right. No education involved. Trading itself is a skill. Right. Even professional traders only win about 50 odd percent of the time. Yeah. I know it might be hard to understand that, but the odds of them winning a trade, if you put it that way, is, is just, just slightly better than flipping the coin. Yeah. But it's, they still make money because they're able to manage their risk and not, they know how to they know do it, doing, but they, they know what they're, yeah, doing. they know what they're doing. For someone who doesn't know what they're doing, they'll just wreck themselves. They'll yeah. put all their life savings on Dogecoin, and then they're calling me up to Nathan and saying, brother, what happened to me? I said, don't buy the Dogecoin, innit? <laughs> just stick to the Bitcoin. Anyway, so um, the issue of, of, of the edge, 
So this was meant back to the issue of edge. So when you are doing business, to be successful more than your competitors, you need to have an edge. Something that make that gives you that slight move that move over the 50-50 over the 50-50 mark. You, you might win, you might lose, but you need to have an edge that makes your wins more than your losses. You will have losses, lots of losses, but you need to have an edge to make your wins more profitable than your losses. So when it comes to business as a whole, technology, being aware of technology, how to harness technology for your business, how to move your business in the right direction at the right time, that's your edge, or that could be your edge. So for example, you do online, you sell iPod, AirPod covers online. Others sell AirPod covers online. What's your edge? Why should I go to your website as opposed to another website? What gives me that edge? What's, what's Amazon's edge? Ease. Search for anything. I find it already there. I press buy. And if I don't like it, I send it back and I get a full yeah. refund. That is their edge. And they managed to send it the next day, if not the same day. And my daughter ordered something and it came the same day. Yeah. So they actually have an edge, which makes me think, why would I go to Amazon rather than eBay? Because remember, I remember eBay and Amazon were neck and neck. But for me, back in the past, before Amazon actually went far ahead, you know the funny thing was? The edge for me, Amazon and eBay, was simply the fact that the reviews attached to the product, yeah. not the individual. Mm. eBay, the reviews was on individual basis. Not this person was a good seller or a bad seller. Yeah. But that didn't tell me anything about the product itself. Yeah. Whereas on Amazon, they focus on the item. What do people think about the item itself? Yeah. So if I wanted to know it was a good idea, I would actually go to the reviews. Did they like the item? Then I'll buy it. Yeah. That, was, that was the only edge. That's the only reason I chose Amazon over eBay. Yeah. And then obviously Amazon went ahead of other things. So that's basically tech. Tech is, what is your edge? Same thing, for example, if you want to buy an iPad, um, to do your work, to do your business, how does the iPad give you an edge over something else? So for me, for example, I could do my accounts on my iPad like it's a keyboard and I can use it as a teaching tool like an iPad. So this actually gives me an edge that I can have one device to do multiple things, yeah. to make money. Um, and actually, funny enough, more, more, important, more importantly for me as a Mac, as a Mac user, it has Maktaba Shamila. Yeah. It has basically all his books on the iPad. Maktaba Shamila. The good thing about Maktaba Shamla, we're going to just, I guess, close with this point. You don't end up with problems like this, where you end up with... Missing volumes. Missing eh? volumes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, announcement. No books are allowed to leave the library from today. Because we... Because I said so. Because Mario said so. He's come in and he's looked around and he's like, Abdul Wahid, why are you missing volume number two <laughs> of that book and volume number one of that book? And I'm like, do you know what? That's what happens when you kind of allow people to borrow books. They don't always come back when you need them. So inshallah, no more boring books from the library. For the students of knowledge that have borrowed books in the past, that door's closed. Speak about Maktaba Shamala. I mean, what, read it inside of here, so go on. Maktaba Shamala. Tell us about Maktaba Shamala uh, as a student of knowledge and how, like today, again, the, how tech has changed the way we do research and the way we pr produce content and make lessons. This is Maktaba Shamala. This is a book of, we, we, we started in the Jamia. Yeah. We had a book in the Jamia called Tadween the Sunnah, yep. um, Recording the Sunnah. And it's just here. I had the physical copy and I was reading it before I came here. But as I wanted to get up and leave, I put the book down. I found the book on my app, downloaded it here, closed the iPad, and now I have all the notes here on the go. That, that's my edge. 
Yeah. Otherwise, I have to come here, have a book, get a pencil, underline, find the page here. And now you can copy paste. You can you can summarize the book. You can transfer it onto a notes. You can put it up on the screen. Yeah. You can do so much more. And it's called Maktaba Shamila. Shamila means complete and comprehensive. It's a Maktaba. So this is a Maktaba, but it's not Shamila because I'm missing so many books, <laughs> right? But on this, which is smaller than one of the smallest books in here, about the same size, right? You've got this and everything else. You're able to do your research. So every student of knowledge now, today, they depend on Maktaba Shamila to do their research, isn't it? To produce their books and to copy their books and to make their... Produce the I mean, ironically, technique. I'm not sure if this is a, it's just, just again, this is one of those cases of I like my gold coin, keep your paper coin, paper money. I still feel better reading from a book yeah. than a screen. Maybe there'll come a day when people will prefer to read from a screen yeah. than a book because yeah. what they're used to. Yeah. We, 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 I mean, this is this is what me and Adwa have been through in Medina. This is this was it. Yeah. This is our fiqh for four years. Each book was basically a book, for, was each one year. We did that yeah. book in the book, book, book here. And you can see here, he's used that chapter, that one, that one quite, quite a lot. <laughs> the book of marriage, yeah? Book of marriage, yeah. Battered and bruised. That's, is that what that, the wife does do to us there? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> As we speak about this all the time. Yeah. They don't teach it anymore in the Jama, sadly. Oh, that's, 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 I think that's, it's a loss, 100%. It's a loss, man. Yeah. So, uh, tech, tech, and also, I think one of the things to highlight from, I'm going to close now because you've got the talk that you're going to do in half an hour, you need some time to you know, have a rest. Have a glass of water. Have a glass of water. One of the things which I think I want to have come out for me from this is that a student of knowledge isn't just a student of knowledge. I, you can be a graduate of the Jamia, but at the same time, you're also running a business, also continuing learning, developing outside of uh, the, I, for example, it's not just your one thing, basically. The thing is, this, how, is, how, this, is, this is, I think this How is, do you manage your time? I mean, at first I have to say, I kind of, I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced by the title. Okay. Student of Knowledge. Because when you do, when you make these kind of titles, I think people get, like you just said, they, they pigeonhole you that this is what you do. That's all, yeah. That you're... That's kind of all that you do or all that you are. Yeah. And as we just demonstrated, there's so much more to an individual than just teaching Arabic. Yeah. You can be an accountant, you could be a builder, you could be... Uh, cryptocurrency des uh, framework designer. You could be lots of things yeah. as well as study stuff. So yeah. um, if you wanted to study knowledge, um, uh, it, it just needs time and effort. Um, but as for... Also, was the issue, question was embracing tech. Yeah, embracing tech and how, for example, being a, a student of knowledge, meaning that's what you did at the Jamia, yeah. it doesn't mean that you don't do... That's all you do. There's not yeah. you, your life is is not flat basically. It's, it's yeah, so it is the, multifaceted and the the, the the biggest thing that people try to do is get a balance. And if one if if balance is able to be achieved, I haven't got it. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, anyone who knows me knows that if I get into something, I, I go all in and forget everything else until something else comes along, <laughs> and I go in, all in in that one. But yeah, I think uh, we are a collection of our experiences as a whole we're not just one thing and especially for the ladies who want to get married and looking for that one person and when they find him they're happy it's a lie because whoever you think he is today he's not gonna be that way in the next couple of years he will change yeah. like you will change everyone's tastes will change their goals will change when i was younger i was a student of knowledge i got to have my books my idea was to come out to university come out to go to medina come back here teach Arabic, study knowledge, produce research papers, do fatawa, 
set up a Sharia council, all the kind of stuff that you envision. And then as time goes on, you, other th- life gets involved. You, you realize that you can't just do it unless you do your accounts. You can't just do it unless you learn about advertising. You have to learn about uh, branding, fonts, yeah. cursatives, you have to learn all sorts <laughs> of madness, color graphs and Oh my days! And then you got kids. You got you got to learn about puberty and how to deal with them when it happens. Oh, the billah. <laughs> uh, so basically, life you ha- Allah you plan and Allah plans and Allah is best to those who plan. So basically, the, the idea is to take the day as it comes, try your best to absorb what's around you and find your edge in life, not just in business. Yeah. In life. Yeah. Inshallah, we look forward to your talk, which you're going to be doing in a minute. Inshallah, you'll be able to watch that on uh, live, live at 7 o'clock. No, not today, okay, okay. but it's on Monday, the 3rd of August. Today's the 2nd, Monday, the 2nd of August. Jazakallah khair. Barakallah feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bye, Bitcoin. <laughs>